This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The Bastards are back for this Tuesday edition of the podcast. We are part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Just a quick disclaimer for any of you first-time listeners out there, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When the Red Sox are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Charlie Smith coming to you live from Providence, Rhode Island. Joining me tonight, Joe Goddard from our nation's capital by way of lovely Newport, Rhode Island. How are you doing tonight, Joe? Couldn't be much worse. The Red Sox still suck. Bloom is still the general manager. And uh, the weather still sucks down here, so not a great week for uh, for me, Charlie. How about yourself? You know, it's it's been kind of brutal. You know, a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of, of Red Sox not doing well. The Bruins are doing fine, but yeah, it's it's not been pretty. Where can people find you on uh, Twitter, Joe? People can find me at J O B M L B if they want to talk baseball. Send me complaints, hate mail, whatever. Job apps, um, maybe no. No, none of those anymore. Those only okay. have. I only read those when the going's good, and right now the going's not good. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you love Heim Bloom, please slide into my mentions and, and send me all of your hate. I, I'm going to thrive off it for the next six months. Fantastic. Uh, you can find me Smith underscore MLB and Terry Cushman is our third man in the crew tonight, joining us from Myrtle Beach by way of Wyndham, Maine. Mr. Cushman, how are you this evening, sir? Ready to read some hot takes. I did swim in the ocean for the first time since moving down here, and the ocean temp was 72 degrees, officially the warmest ocean water I've ever swam in. So, yes, and no, I was not skinny dipping. I appreciate you not trying to, you know, commit a felony. Thank was, you. Yeah, it was at Myrtle Beach State Park, so, Yeah. For for ninety nine bucks, I got an annual pass because I figured, well, I'm just going to cough up ninety nine bucks parking anywhere along the Grand Strand. So, you know, so may as well just do it once and not have to worry about it. But be done with it. Cool. With it. So uh, we're going to start with some hot takes, and Joe, I'm going to let you take it away with your first take. Sure. My first take comes from. I want to not butcher the name here because I almost butchered it in our pre-show, Ryan. Lenny, who says the Red Sox will get hot at some point and go on a win streak. That is a hot take, Ryan. I, I love it. I would love it if you're right. I don't think you're right. I think this team sucks. I think this team is going to lose 100 games. And uh, you might as well move to Cincinnati. Uh, Ryan uh, tweets a lot on our uh, threads, which we appreciate. But I think the optimism is a little too intense there. 
Um, we got a tough Atlanta series. I don't know who we have after that. I think it's probably Houston or Seattle. Uh, so I, the only streak I see is, uh, one that starts with an L. Terry, it's unfortunate. I think the L's are going to keep coming. It's, it's been tough. Uh, it's, it's brutal. What you got for your take over there? My hot take comes from Brandon M. Johnson. He says, Cora gets fired by the All-Star break. And I disagree with that. I don't think in any way under the sun he gets fired this year. Perhaps not until next year at the earliest. And that may even be too early as well. But he's not firing these guys up. I don't like his leadership. I've said that uh, quite a bit since the start of the season. And what I think could be interesting, though, I'm going to add an interesting layer to this. Is it possible before the end of the summer Alex Cora and Hein Bloom aren't each other's favorite person anymore. Could there be some friction? I think there's friction already. Ooh, Terry. There's our, yeah. I, I haven't, I don't get that vibe, but you know, I, you could be right. I, I, I just feel like someone's got to take the blame for this. And it's interesting that Bloom hired Cora. Now, Cora could have been forced on Bloom by ownership. We'll never know. But the the thing about it is there was no way Hein Bloom was ever going to be more popular with the fan base than Alex Cora is. Alex Cora, as much as I'm in the minority, as far as my criticism for him, he's beloved by a huge, like, 80 or 90% of Red Sox fans love Alex Cora. So Hein Bloom is never going to win that popularity contest. And I'd love to see whispers of, of friction throughout the media over the course of the summer. That's a really interesting take uh, I, to the original one that you had. I don't think he's going, I don't think that's happening. And to your second part, I absolutely do think that there's some, some friction brewing um because it it can't be easy you know like i didn't think that we'd see alex core get ejected this early into the season that's another thing too so there's a whole boatload of things that are not going right because i believe the over under was two and a half for that original how many times do you think he's going to get ejected so far and through 29 games it's already at one so on average we're looking at maybe four more for the rest of the year and that's unless things can get really crazy uh joe anything you want to add to that take no, I really think you guys covered it well. I think there's already friction. I think Core is a good manager. I think Bloom sucks. And uh, to quote Tony Maz, he sucks and blows. He's not a good manager. Uh, general manager, that is. I don't think that uh, there's any chance that Cora's gone, even if he wanted to, because... I don't think the fans would let that happen. John Henry doesn't have the goodwill with the fans at the moment to do that. And I don't think he has the goodwill with the players at the moment to do that either. 
Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. That's for darn sure. Um, sliding into our next one, this is coming from Goldie's Deli. There'll be no... I have to say this without laughing. There'll be no free furniture from Jordans this year. I don't think so. Uh, there's, there's typically only the deal for the Jordans free furniture uh, if they... I forget if it's a, if they win the World Series or they sweep the World Series, and then there's another one where if they hit a, if they get a no hitter. Uh, either way, I agree with that take. I don't think this is uh, too far fetched, and just based on what we've seen this year, this is a team that just can't seem to get it done. Um, we don't have anybody in this rotation that can throw a no hitter, not unless Garrett Whitlock gets really stretched out, and even then, if that happens, I don't want it to. I don't want it to be that I, Garrett Whitlock should not be in your starting rotation. He's your most explosive weapon and needs to go back to the bullpen immediately. But that's me. Uh, Joe, what do you have for that one? I don't think that there's any chance anyone gets free anything from Jordan's furniture on any team where Heim Bloom is the general manager. He is analytics obsessed and won't ever let Cora Extend guys to the third time through the order. So there'll be no no-hitters. There'll be no sweeps or anything else because Bloom operates baseball teams like they're a computer and not like they're individuals. And I bet you if you were to ask Bloom what he thought about pulling Clayton Kershaw early this season with a perfect game going in the eighth inning, he would say something that starts with, well, statistically, the third time through the lineup, and I am over it. The um, the Red Sox are too heavily analytical, and they they just keep finding scientific ways to to beat themselves. So, what is the 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 scenario for the Jordan's free furniture? What do the Red Sox have to do in order for fans to get that? I believe last year, I believe was a no hitter. Uh, and I think it's a, a no hitter after the trade deadline. Okay, because it was like between August and October, like the last month and you know five weeks, last five weeks of the season. If if they get it done, deal. I'm trying to see if uh, if there's anything else out there. I'm looking at free furniture and mattresses. Uh, buy anything, and if the Red Sox sweep the World Championship, it, it'll all be free and get up to sixty months, no interest with equal payments. Which is interesting because if it's free, why do we have to worry about payments? But uh, maybe I'm missing something. Um, I, I can't see anything as of we lost right Charlie. now. What? Okay. Can you hear me? I mean, he. Yeah, he's. I lost you there. Just a second. Okay. Uh, I, I can't seem to find what it is for for this year. Um, but typically, it's the last five weeks, and it's it's either no hitter or couple years before that i think we had something where if they sweep the world series then they get it yeah if it's playoff related then definitely not but you couldn't see connor siebold getting a call up because chris sale blew out his other rib cage and you know connor gets the call chris sale had a setback non-baseball related for the red Sox. (laughs) true i I love that saying non-baseball related would he trip down the stairs I mean, it could be anything. We don't know yet. We do know that it's delaying him pitching off a mound. I don't expect to see Chris Sale back until August, maybe September, and we'll be out of it by that point. So it doesn't really make a difference. I think, uh, Joe, are you up right now? 
I am indeed. Yeah. So go ahead. Are you guys ready for the next and, and probably the hottest of the hot takes that we will see in this one? Charlie, I love that you're sending me the Wordle. Like right now, it's like 12.07 and Charlie's over here sending me the Wordle. As if, it's 12 o'clock. As if he does the, does the Wordle right on right on the day. Let's let's count on him. Okay, my hot take. I, I flip-flop back and forth on this so we don't talk about how Heimloom sucks for the rest of time. But I'm going to go with it anyway. This is from Law Dog Thrawn. Who says it's fiction that Heim Bloom rebuilt the farm system? They're ranked twentieth in Major League Baseball by Keith Law. Keith Law for MLB.com does all the prospects for those who don't know. Most of their tro- top prospects are Dombrowski guys: Casas, Bello, Walter, Groom, Mata, Duran, etc. God damn, I love this take. I don't know that that's true. I, I really do think Heim Bloom has done a decent job rebuilding the farm system, quote unquote from what Dombrowski destroyed it, dismantled it, whatever, in order to win games. But at least Dombrowski's focused on the big league club. Anything anti-Bloom at this point, I'm on the wave, whether it's right or wrong. So I love this take. Please keep submitting Bloom hate. You can find me at J-O-B-M-L-B or at Bastards underscore Boston for any Bloom hate. Well, I like that take. I really do. I think it's great. Casas is the only guy that we're going to see this year, maybe, and he's a Dombrowski guy. Are we ever going to see a guy that Bloom brought in play on the big league club except maybe Marcella Mayer? I don't know. And Bloom probably won't be here anymore when Marcella Mayer is ready. That's my addition to the hot take. I I like the take. I mean, it, it is possible the Red Sox system could be uh, overrated by some of the other, you know, evaluators out there. Um, Baseball America and some of the others. Admittedly, I'm not super well versed. I've got the MLB pipeline in front of me and three out of the top five actually are bloom guys. You got Meyer at number one, York at number three and Downs at number five, but, uh, you know, but I don't think Dombrowski gets a, a lot of credit though. Like you said, Joe, because Casas, the one guy who will get called up, like you said, definitely a Dombrowski guy. And Brian Bellow is by far the top pitching prospect in our organization. And it, it's not even close. He had a, a seven inning, uh, no hitter, uh, this past week. So, um, also a yep. Dombrowski guy. Correct. Yeah. All right. So I'll go to my next one. Um, this one comes from the, a guy on Twitter whose handle says, there are some who call me dot, 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 Tim. So here's his take. Red Sox need to part ways with sale. Always injured. Horrible contract. Possibly the worst contract the Sox have ever given, which says a lot seeing we've had quite the history of bad contracts. Now, I'll assume he's talking more about pitching contracts here because Sandoval, Crawford, those are up there in terms of some of the worst ever. So 
number one, uh, we can't exactly part ways with him because he does have a full no trade. So he would have to waive that in order to um, be traded. Very unlikely. But focusing on the second part of his tweet, always injured and possibly the worst contract the Sox have ever given. What's another pitching one that was just utterly terrible? Manny Del Carmen. Ever giving him a big league opportunity? That was pretty bad. A reliever at much smaller money, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm just I'm trying to think of bad contracts we've given pitchers, and my answer to that is, well, we haven't given that many. You know why? We never pay pitchers. Right. I mean, we never paid John Lester. We we haven't we don't pay pitchers. It just doesn't happen in this in this market. And interestingly enough. I'm going to bring this all back to Bloom because it's all Bloom's fault. If you really hated watching the Red Sox in 14 and 15, oh, you're going to hate this year and next year because that's what it's about to look like down the stretch. You like Devers? Too bad. He's gone. You like Bogarts? Too bad. He's gone. Hey, how about Evaldi? Uh, yeah, he pitches for Tampa Bay now. That That's what it's going to look like. He's going to go back to Tampa here. Bay? Okay. He might. He might. He's not making that much money. Well, uh, I was going to take this one, but since we just kind of talked about it, uh, Roger Scott, I don't want to ignore your take. Rogers SC. Zinner and Rafi will both be traded. Joe just kind of said that. I don't think that's happening. If it does, we need a new GM. But I'm going to go with this one. This one came from Nancy Farrington. Give Xander whatever it takes. Try to do the same with Rafi. Give Cora the closer he needs in caps. Give Cora more autonomy. Kaim is a small thinker. This is a big market team in a baseball crazed city. Do something in caps. This last for John Henry. Wishing Larry Lucchino were still here. This is an interesting take, but I don't think that we should be giving Xander and Rafi both whatever it takes. I think that we need to re-sign Rafi Devers. Not prioritizing Rafi Devers is a mistake. Uh, not getting him right now is a mistake. Um Getting Cora what he needs as far as a closer is going to be something that Heim Bloom does not want to do. He does not want to spend big money again, especially after dumping and really blowing money on Matt Barnes in the amount of, I think it's 17.85 or 17.75, 18.75 million. Light two it on years. fire. Oh my yeah, goodness, Charlie. 22 and 23, uh, plus he's got uh, a buyout for the third year, 24. So it, it's going to be brutal. We're, we're going to be dealing with this from, for a little bit. As far as small thinker, I think he just is so used to not wanting to spend, thinking that he needs to you know, come up with a, a proper product. It's an interesting take, Nancy, but I, I, I would err on the side of caution of just giving Xander whatever he, whatever he wants. Um, don't, don't do that because paying Xander Bogarts right now after year four is going to be a waste of money. It really is, especially at his age. I don't think he's going to put in the – I don't think he's going to put in the same level of uh, effort. I don't think he'll be as talented in, in five years. And I get it. You can't pay bas- uh, You can't pay based on past performance. But I'll get off the box and uh, throw this one over to Terry. So I'll get your take first, and then we'll we'll finish with Job. Uh, I mean, I I don't really have much more to add, Charlie. I I think you you know you covered it pretty well. So. Well, damn, Charlie, because I think you covered it pretty well, too. Um, <laughs> we all kind of agree, I think, that Devers is a must-keep. 
that Xander's going to command too much money and he has to move on. Good for him. I hope he gets top of the market value. I just want the Red Sox to act like a big market team. Can you act like a team that's worth $3 billion, according to Forbes, and not a team worth $400 million? I am so tired of them penny-pinching and acting like they don't have money. I don't have that much money, and yet I don't penny-pinch like they do. They are, the, they are the person you invite to, to the bar, who leaves you with the tab, and has the trust fund. It's embarrassing. Here's one. It kind of it can kind of play off of uh, Charlie's take. Um, Andrea V on Twitter says Dodgers are a super team built off of Red Sox stupidity. Xander is next, so she believes Xander Bogarts will be going to the Los Angeles Dodgers. The interesting thing is Trey Turner's their shortstop this year, perhaps. I mean, he's going to be the top uh, middle infielder on the market next year, more so than even Carlos Correa. So perhaps the Dodgers will look to Xander Bogarts. And to her part where she says Dodgers are a super team built off of Red Sox stupidity, you know, that speaks to the Mookie Betts trade. You know, Red Sox couldn't sign him, but the Dodgers did. Craig Kimbrell is having a stellar season so far out in Los Angeles. I think only a, a 1.17 ERA, but uh, he he's had several starts and uh, starts appearances in a row uh, in the ninth inning where he hasn't uh, surrendered a run. So former Red Sox guy, uh, Dodgers had a nice run with Joe Kelly, who is now with the White Sox, albeit out with a bicep injury. And perhaps part of the Red Sox stu- stupidity, we could have signed Freddie Freeman. How nasty would we be if that happened? Well, we'd still be under 500. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a huge hole. I mean, we might be under it, but not by nearly enough. So... So to Andrea's point, the Dodgers making a lot of good moves. Red Sox, not so much. Cool. So, Joe, what do you got for your next take? Well, I didn't have another one pulled up because I was upset with the the fact that every single other one of these is supporting Hein Bloom, but I'll pull one up right <laughs> Here we go. Let's see. Uh, my favorite one that I didn't talk about already is Bloom is overrated. He made a couple of good moves, Whitlock, but gets away with way too much credit for the improvement in the farm system. Pick the top prospect of the draft, a pick anyone could have made. He got Casas and improved guys that were already in the system. That's from behind enemy lines. I don't know if that's like a, a joke or if this guy's a Yankees podcaster or something else, but... Uh, um, it's piggybacking off the first one. Heim Bloom's not that good. I agree with it. Anything anti-Bloom is now going to be my take. I'm I'm fully. I'm going to be the the president of the Heim Bloom Haters Club, and the Michael Walker Fan Club. The, those are my two, my two memberships. And Charlie, we did a show where you asked who the first player on the Red Sox was to get the five wins. I said it would be Michael Walker. You guys laughed at me, the two of you. Then he won a couple of games. And, Charlie, you made a quip about maybe he being the ace of the staff. 
And I'm here to tell you now that even if he misses a month, he's still going to be the first Red Sox pitcher to five wins. <laughs> he might be. He might be. That's true. Should be a volley, but... Charlie, are you up or am I up? That's you, bud. Christian Sheet says, I miss Terry Francona. And who doesn't? Because when did a Terry Francona team, well, outside of 2011, uh, not... Even that team was fun to watch. It was, and they won 90. But, um, but outside of 2020 which he only managed part of because he was in the hospital for most of the season. Outside of that one year, going all the way back to 2004, he has not had a losing record as a manager. One year he was 500, and then in 2020 they they were less than that. But he's but DeMarco ha- Hale took over in, in May. I Right, yeah. Francona had a, excuse me, a stomach problem or something. And uh, took him quite a while to resolve. And then he had a staph infection in his foot, which took a while. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, he's the greatest Red Sox manager of my lifetime. And nobody ever got more out of a team than Francona did. I will endorse Terry Francona until the day I die. I sat one time as a kid uh, next to the dugout. When, when Tito was managing and the security guards came down to kick me out because I wasn't supposed to be in, you know, in the first row, I had, I had crappy tickets and Tito told them it was all right because I was talking baseball with him. And, uh, he sat there and talked to me pregame for about 10 minutes about different matchups that he liked and why he liked pitching this guy against that guy. And, uh, that'll mean the world to me until the day that I no longer like baseball because, that's the kind of engagement you wouldn't get from, from many managers, let alone guys in the big leagues. Man, do I miss him? I really do. I think he'll always be my favorite manager. I grew up with Jimmy Williams as my manager. Job, I know you don't know who that is. You never, you probably <laughs> never saw him manage. Uh, I'm really happy that you actually remember Terry Francona um, because we've had a lot of, a lot of crap we we had you know do you remember terry we had jimmy williams we had grady little and then it was insert terry francona and it was awesome and i think part of it is because he was he was able to bring us two in four years no one else has done that no one's sure, ever won had two right right so we've had a couple managers that have won it in their first year but it's like the perfect thing like everything's perfect we just needed a manager to just follow the trend because we've seen a manager win a World Series in their first take. We saw Francona do it. Uh, Farrell was on the list. We saw Cora do it. It was just, it was awesome. It was great. Um, I just don't know if if Cora's going to have it uh, to carry, uh, I don't know if he'll have the, the energy to be done and get this team into another one. Real quick, one last thing about Francona. Whenever he sees Don Orsillo, he always like roughs him up, puts him in a headlock, messes up his hair, that type of stuff. Well, gives I, him the finger on TV. Yep, yeah, that too. And uh, apparently, I think the Guardians might have been just playing, um, might might have been just playing the uh, Padres because 
there was actually uh, a postponement of the game, which never happens. Uh, I think there's been three in the last 15 years uh, in San Diego, but, but, um, but so Frank Orsillo finally went down to visit Francona and sure enough, he gets roughed up. Francona, you know, grabs him and, uh, and Orsillo goes, well, that's why I waited until they called the game, you know, so he wouldn't have to go on camera and be all disheveled because Francona got a hold of him. But that's I'm, just I, a funny thing. I miss those two. Yeah. But uh, with all that, gentlemen, I'm going to say we wrap it here. Thank you so much for, to all of our listeners who have been keeping it fun, keeping it real, keeping this entertaining by bringing out some great questions. We're happy to bring you onto the show with us. And uh, we look forward to having you share your viewpoints into the future as well. Everyone have a great night. Take care.